0: Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar, the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Make sure to go to builtbar.com right now and use our promo code LOCKEDON in all caps, and you'll get $10 off your first Built Bar order. Your Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Locked on Blackhawks. Today is Thursday, October 1st, 2020. I am your host, Jack Bushman, tuning in for the 220th episode of Locked On Blackhawks. As always, be sure to subscribe to the podcast for free wherever you may listen to your podcast, whether that be through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. You'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. So please be sure to go do that. Also, please go follow our Twitter page, which can be found at capital L, capital O, underscore Blackhawks, with some really good stuff being posted there every day as well. Alright, everybody, I hope you're off to a good start to your day. Thank you for joining me on the podcast. We got a lot to discuss today with the NHL Draft and free agency inching closer and closer, and I can almost taste it. But what I want to get into first is... A little bit of an update from Scott Powers and Mark Lazarus in the duo from The Athletic regarding a possible buyout of Olimata and Zach Smith's contracts. I mentioned on an episode last week that the buyout window had officially opened and will remain open until October 8th, one week from today. So, Stan Bowman and the Blackhawks do have a little bit of time before making a decision, but they have a lot of things to do in this upcoming week, so I'm honestly a little surprised at how quiet they've been so far. It's a little concerning, actually. The only move they've made is trading Dylan Secura for Brandon Peary, and they have plenty to get done with all the pending free agents and whatnot. But what Powers and Lazarus said was that it looks like Blackhawks general manager Stan Bowman is at least trying to Explore some trade options before deciding on a buyout, and while that's not a horrible idea, I'm sure most GMs know it's very likely that the Hawks will be trying to buy out these contracts because of their minimal cap space this offseason. So if a trade does occur, do not expect the return to be very much. I would probably guess maybe a middle-round draft pick for Mata if a team really wants him that badly, a fourth uh, or maybe even a middle-level prospect, but for Smith, I would say, I don't even know if a team would give a fifth-round pick for him, but who knows, you know, he's is a good fourth-liner, but for $3.25 million, I don't think anyone's willing to get rid of a pick for that, uh, and I've said before, don't get me wrong, he's not a bad player, but when you look at a fourth liner like Ryan Reeves for the Vegas Golden Knights, who is making basically half of that, $1.75 million per season, then you know you got a problem there. Smith's just nothing too exceptional. Just way too much money to be paying a fourth liner that produces what he does. Uh, The only problem with buying out Zach Smith is that it will cost the Blackhawks $1 million in 2021-2022, so there could be a bit of difficulty there, but I still think saving money now and worrying about that $1 million later on down the road, I think that is the right thing to do if you're Stan Bowman. So there's the latest news regarding Ole Mata in Zach Smith's current contract situation with the Blackhawks. Again, the buyout window closes one week from today, so if a move is going to be made, it's happening within that time frame. It could be any day now. And this rumor from Lazarus and Powers actually takes me right into my next point, which I forgot to mention on yesterday's episode one discussing Bowman's interview with the Blackhawks media, but Stan also was asked about a possible trade involving one of the defensemen with so many in the system at the moment, to which he responded with, and I quote, I think that's something we can look... Uh, We can look at when we get to it, but it's always better when you're trying to push one of those players in the lineup. That means you can move an established player. Around the league, there are always teams looking for established defensemen. If we get to that point, we'll be dealing from a good position, close quote. So Stan didn't flat out say that the team could be shopping one of their blue liners at the moment. He also didn't say that they're not. Uh, of course we know Olimata is likely available, but I think all of us just know the reality of the situation. The Blackhawks have An enormous log jam at the defenseman spot right now. And looking at the projected pairings to start next season, at least at the moment, I assume the top pairing would begin as Duncan Keith and Adam Boquist. Both guys are locked into a roster spot. And then I like the second pairing of Calvin DeHaan and Connor Murphy. I don't think Murphy is on the trade block. I I hope he's not, at least, because he's really established himself as a solid second-pairing shutdown guy these past couple of seasons, and he makes less than $4 million per per year, so pretty good bang for your buck there. And then for Calvin DeHaan, because of his price tag, $4.55 million per season, on top of his injury risk, a couple surgeries on the same shoulder the past couple of seasons, I could see him being available, but again... When he's healthy, he's one of the better defensive defensemen in the league. I would like to have that luxury along with Connor Murphy on the second pairing. But yeah, money's money's tight right now, and that, that could make a guy who has some worries around him like Calvin Dehan possibly available, and that would leave the Blackhawks then with Ian Mitchell Ole Mata, and Brent Seabrook. I can also bring up Lucas Carlson in that conversation as well. And there are only two more lineup spots and then one extra spot for a seventh defenseman. And that's why we all know that one of these guys probably has to go. And as tough as it may be after how good Mata was in the playoffs for the Blackhawks, I still think I would rather have Calvin Dehan than Mata. That's just my gut. I know he's a two-time Stanley Cup champion, but... $4 million for a third-pairing defenseman when we're already paying another third-pairing defenseman in Brent Seabrook nearly $7 million next season. I just don't think that can happen. $11 million on your third pairing, that's hurt. And that's why I really believe... The Blackhawks will try and trade Ole Mata in the next week. And if they cannot get anything in return, then we very well could see him be bought out before the window closes next Thursday. All right, I think that takes care of all the latest Chicago Blackhawks news we have on this Thursday morning. Coming up in just a minute, I'm going to talk about 2020 NHL draft prospect Dawson Mercer, whose name has been rumored to be swirling around the Blackhawks quite a bit at the moment. But first, I need to talk about rockauto.com, the best place to shop for all your auto and body needs. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and be sure to tell them the Lockdown Podcast Network sent you. That's rockauto.com for an amazing selection, reliably low prices, and the widest variety of parts for anything you'll ever need. Listen, we've all had our share of car problems in the past. How much easier is it when you have an auto and body shop that you can rely on for parts? Well, rockauto.com has your back for all the car parts you'll ever need in any given situation one more time check out rockauto.com for reliably low prices and an amazing selection and make sure to let them know the Lockdown Podcast Network sent you. No need to go drive to a repair shop just check out the auto and body shop you can trust online for reliably low prices. rockauto.com Locked on Blackhawks Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks for listening today. I am your host Jack Bushman. Be sure to check out my personal Twitter page at Jack Bushman2 and my Blackhawks Twitter page at Talk and for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. Also, be sure to subscribe and follow Locked On Blackhawks for free wherever you may listen to your podcast and also on Twitter to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out every day. So we just finished talking about... The latest Blackhawks news regarding a couple of potential contract buyouts or maybe even a trade in the next seven days. Now let's talk about another rumor that we got from the Athletic's Mark Lazarus. By the way, highly recommend subscribing to the Athletic right now. Only one dollars at the, one dollar, I should say, at the moment. Come on, I know you got a dollar. Definitely worth the subscription. But anyways, Lazarus wrote that QMJHL center Dawson Mercer's name keeps coming up in conversation with sources, among others, such as German winger Lucas Reichel and Finnish center Anton Lindell are also on the Blackhawks radar. So it looks like I know who uh, whose 2020 NHL draft profiles I'll be covering before Tuesday when the first round of the NHL draft begins. And today I'm going to start by taking a look at Dawson Mercer's 2020 NHL draft profile as he's been projected by most scouts as a middle first round pick. Most of them have him going somewhere in the teens, and actually in the athletics, Corey Pronman's latest mock draft, he has the Blackhawks taking Mercer at number 17. So it almost seems too fitting that Mercer is today's feature, but to start us off, Mercer is an 18-year-old forward. He's about six foot, 180 pounds, and he spent his junior hockey split between two teams. He started off with the Drummondville Voltigers of the QMJHL, a team the Blackhawks are familiar with, as Nicholas Bodan spent four years playing junior hockey there. Maybe the Hawks got an extra look at Mercer while watching Bodan play there, and that's always something to consider. And in his time with Drummondville, Mercer was an effective player in his second full season of juniors. He became a point per game guy with 30 goals and 34 assists for 64 points in 68 games. And then he got off to a blistering start with 42 points in 26 games last season. But because of Drummondville's struggles as a team, Mercer became available at the trade deadline and then was eventually shipped to, bear with me here, the Choucutami Soganines but after the trade Mercer just was not nearly as effective the Chik- the Choucutami Soganines I think I think I got that right uh, but yeah after the trade Mercer was not nearly producing at the same rate he was with Drummondville he finished the year with just 18 points in 16 games for Choucutami which still is a point per game but he was averaging well above that to begin the year with the Voltigers then At the U-20 World Juniors for Team Canada, Mercer failed to record a single point in his seven games played. So combine that with a bit of inconsistency in Chikutumi to end the regular season. And some scouts are skeptical about whether or not Mercer's offensive game will translate to the NHL level. But one reason why he's still considered to be such a high pick, even after those struggles, is because... This kid seems to do everything else well. Scouts say he's an above-average skater with a high motor and likes to buzz all over the ice. And he uses his speed and transition as well on the forecheck to turn defense into offense. When you look at his highlight tapes, a lot of his big plays come from either winning board battles or just getting to a loose puck faster than a defender, or he just simply... Um, makes the defender turn the puck over in transition. He, he has the ability to play physical. He's not the biggest player, as I said, six foot, about 180 pounds, but he doesn't shy away from a physical game. He'll, he'll bump a guy into the boards to take the puck away from him, and then in transition, he knows how to strike quickly. He knows how to turn defense into offense. And one scout actually said that his passion and energy are infectious. Most of them all talk about how He's committed to playing a two-way game, but hearing that is something you really don't hear often about prospects. They're they're a guy that gets the bench riled up. He does everything well in the little games, and those are just the little bonuses you look at when you're scouting a player. And I, I said yesterday, hearing those things is always a bonus. Plus... Mercer's been a leader everywhere he's been. He wore a letter in Drummondville and after he was traded to Chikoudami, so he's been a go-to locker room guy in the past for a couple of different junior teams, and I also saw, listen to this, Blackhawks fans, I also saw one scout compare him to Jonathan Taze because of his determination, effort level, and leadership qualities, and reading that as a Blackhawks fan immediately made me want the Hawks to pick Mercer even more, and It's not like he doesn't have a strong offensive game. I feel like I'm rambling on about everything besides that. He does have a good offensive game. He has really soft hands. He has a couple of highlight reel goals where he absolutely deked the the defender out of their skates. And he also possesses a really nice shot. He's an above-average goal scorer. He has a strong snapshot, and he also has... High-end hockey IQ, he knows where to set up in the offensive zone to make himself open and become available to one-time the puck. He's a gifted offensive player with and without the puck on a stick. It's just a matter of him doing it consistently at the NHL level. Those are the only worries about his offensive game. And so far in his career, Mercer has played both the wing and center positions, but in order to play center at the NHL level, he's going to have to add some muscle and work on his face-offs a lot. He spent his early years mostly playing as the wing with Drummondville, and then he kind of transitioned to center last season to play more with the puck on his stick. So he definitely has a couple of things still to work on, but everything I've read and seen about Dawson Mercer makes me really excited about the possibility of landing him at number 17 with the Chicago Blackhawks. And again, we heard rumblings about Mercer from Mark Lazarus, and then Corey Pronman also had him going to the Hawks in his latest mock draft, so if Mercer is available, he just might be the Blackhawks' first-round pick for the 2020 NHL Draft. All right, I think that takes care of Dawson Mercer's 2020 NHL profile. Coming up in just a minute, it's time to reveal number four on my Blackhawks top 10 prospects list after announcing Nicholas Bodan as number five on yesterday's episode. Locked On Blackhawks podcast. As always, I am your host, Jack Bushman. You can reach me on Twitter at Jack Bushman 2 or at Hockey, or you can also always email the Locked On Blackhawks email, which is LockedOnBlackhawks at gmail.com for any questions you have about the show, the Blackhawks, or anything that has to do with the upcoming NHL draft and free agency period. Okay, we just wrapped up breaking down Dawson Mercer's 2020 NHL draft profile. Look out, Blackhawks fans. It's sounding like Mercer could be their guy at number 17 if he's available. But now let's move on to my Blackhawks top 10 prospects list, as it's time to unveil the number four spot after announcing defenseman Nicholas Bodan at number five on yesterday's episode. Alright. Coming in at number 4 on my Blackhawks Top 10 Prospects list, I have 20-year-old forward Philip Kirishev, who was a fourth-round pick of the Blackhawks in the 2018 NHL Draft. So many of you are probably wondering how Kirishev became such a highly touted prospect in the Blackhawks system after being a fourth-round pick just a couple of years ago. Well, It all began when he jumped onto the scene following his second consecutive point-per-game season with the Quebec Remparts of the QMJHL. Not to mention, he registered 54 points in 65 games as a 17-year-old. That was his first year playing junior hockey, so he had always been a really solid offensive player with Quebec in the QMJHL, but then at the U-20 World Juniors, Kirishev Broke out. He scored a whopping six goals in seven tournament games while wearing the A for Switzerland. And he also added one assist for seven points. So he was a point per game player in those seven games. And that's when a lot of people began to take notice at how special this kid just may become. He's always been a really good offensive player, a decent. Decent player on on defense when he wants to be. He has the speed to do so. And he also wore an A uh, in Quebec in his final season there. Just wanted to throw that in. But he really showed his offensive upside, especially his goal-scoring ability during that World Junior Tournament. And looking at his numbers actually throughout junior hockey, he has always been more of a goal scorer than a playmaker on the offensive side of things. 21 goals to 33 assists in his first season. He did have 19 goals and then 40 assists in his second season, so he did pick up his assist numbers a little bit there, but then in his final season of junior hockey with Quebec, he had 29 goals to 36 assists, so... He does have a strong shot, and he's used it in the past to score a lot of goals, but he also can use his body to get good position in front of the net and either redirect the puck or clean clean up the mess for a rebound. Khrushchev, as I mentioned a moment ago, he's also a really good skater for his size. This allows him to intercept passes in transition, force turnovers, and once he forces a turnover, he's quick to strike on the other end, so... Overall, I really believe the Blackhawks have themselves a steal with Philip Kirashev in the fourth round of the 2018 NHL Draft. A pick they received from the Nashville Predators, actually. That was part of the Ryan Hartman trade a few years back. Kind of forgot about that. So, thanks for that pick, Nashville, because it sure looks like the Blackhawks have made the most of it by selecting Kirashev. So, Overall, I project Kirishev to be a solid middle six piece for the Blackhawks, but his goal-scoring touch gives him offensive upside both on the power play and potentially as a top liner if things progress well, and that's why I have Philip Kirishev as number four on my Blackhawks top 10 prospects list. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I think that will wrap up Thursday, October 1st episode of Locked On Blackhawks. Thank you again for tuning into the show, and be sure to subscribe and follow the Locked On Blackhawks podcast for free right now on your favorite podcast app, and you'll get the latest episode as soon as it comes out every day. And. After the show, Ask Your Smart Device to Play, the Lockdown NHL Podcast, for all the latest news from all 31 teams around the league before the 2020 NHL draft and free agency period next week. Thank you again for tuning into today's episode. I am your host, Jack Bushman. You can catch me on Twitter at my personal account at Jack Bushman2 or my Blackhawks account at and hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. For any questions at all regarding anything related to the Locked On Blackhawks podcast, you can always email lockdownblackhawks at gmail.com or call 708-653-0572 to leave a voicemail. So until tomorrow's episode, thank you again for listening to the Locked On Blackhawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.